Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, the only healthcare marketing podcast that digs into the digital strategies and tactics that help you accelerate growth. Each week, Cardinals experts explore innovative ways to build your digital presence and attract more patients. Buckle up for another episode of Ignite. Y'all are in for a treat. We've got John McAlpin, the fifth here at Cardinal, our SEO director and the best technical SEO in the country. John, welcome to Ignite. Happy to be back. Absolutely. And our marketing director makes me say my name and what I do. I'm Alex, still CEO of Cardinal Digital Marketing, just so you know who is this loud voice yelling at you while you're driving your car. So y'all are going to love this. This is a perfect episode for some of my big groups, my PE back groups, my high growth healthcare groups. You guys are going to love this episode. This one will not so much apply to small provider groups unless you guys are doing acquisitions. So just want to set the table. What we're going to talk about today, this is pretty much all John does at Cardinal at this point, because we work with a lot of high growth healthcare groups. What we're going to talk about today is how to successfully merge websites, when to do it, how to do it, and when not to do it. So rate of acquisitions in healthcare are increasing. Money's cheap. Private equity groups are going and acquiring a lot for very low interest rates. And they're also seeing a lot of consolidation benefits in the market, right? So let's dig into best practices here. John, when you look at a website, a provider group that's making a lot of acquisition, what's the first thing you look at to determine whether they should be combined or kept separate as separate provider group entities, different URLs, different brands? And it really depends on the regional footprint. Uh, Some things that we look at is, are there any kind of regulations that uh, like talk about certain features or insurances that require different brands to be separated by state, where if you were to merge it, it would make the website overly complicated. Are there any services that differ by region that can't share global content? Or do some of these regional brands have such a strong brand awareness and footprint in the area that merging them could hurt that local performance? These are things that would tell me maybe it makes sense to keep them separate while you build up the brand awareness of the parent brand. At the end of the day, merging websites is going to be beneficial for all, especially when you're acquiring small local groups. But sometimes it makes sense to keep them separate for a while while you're building up the authority of this master brand. But when you want to combine, there are some signs that it's time to combine. That's when your internal management and operations stack is slim, meaning it's hard to facilitate multiple sites. You just don't have the bandwidth. Maybe you can't afford an agency to facilitate that many updates and things like that. If you're looking to trim costs, it's always cheaper to merge into one site. You're saving on hosting costs, management costs of updating websites, and even other types of uh, web-related costs. Or if you're looking to improve your domain authority, because when you merge websites, we all know that when you acquire a small group, maybe it doesn't have a big backlink profile, merging it with a bunch of other sites, they share the wealth of the other websites and other brands. There's a lot of signs that it makes sense to combine. But sometimes you do need a stagger. Yeah, you need to stagger and you've got to create a huge site map of everything and benchmarks, et cetera, right? Like this doesn't sound simple, <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, and there's a lot of times when you're dealing, especially in healthcare, especially when you have provider egos at play, you need to have a lot of special treatment for different former brands. They want to keep some of their former glory and finding ways to make an efficient website. If you listen to our last podcast, talking about efficiency and consistency, Working with regional brands can be tricky trying to appeal to local providers while maintaining a national footprint. 
not easy. The ego's at play. And when they go and get absorbed, like the provider groups are like, the owners get pissed when you try to migrate their website out from under them. And so that's like a subjective thing that does come into play. A lot of times, what's the best thing to do is to allow the website to sit there for a while. You put both brands next to each other like this, acquired by this or merging with this, yeah. this, this. And then you, over time, you build the master site that will co- take all the regional groups in. Absolutely. We need to have a strong communication plan to educate patients, especially uh, existing long-term patients. I'm talking beyond digital. I'm talking even like email marketing, maybe even print collateral. Really focus on the education. Update your local listings, say formerly old brand, yeah, right? things like that. And, and definitely yeah. have some kind of treatment on the location page that they formerly did. Let's talk about benchmark. So CRO play into here at all? Like, what would you do to set up the benchmarks for like how things are ranking, trying all that stuff? We're talking about setting up benchmarks for CRO. The whole point of CRO is to improve the conversion path for users, or in this case, patients. So one of the benchmarks that we like to think about is, you know, find out along the conversion path, where are the most people dropping off? Sometimes, you know, you enter on the site, step one. Step two is that consideration phase. Step three, you take an action. And maybe step two has a lot of drop-offs. We want to find out why they're dropping off. So sometimes our CRO team will set up heat map tracking with tools like Mouseflow and Hotjar and try to find out what part of the page are we losing people? And then run A-B tests to find out how can we improve that drop-off point and decrease bounce rates? And sometimes it comes down to, hey, maybe there's nothing we can do on this page. Maybe we need to find a way to shorten the conversion path altogether. And understanding where everything ranks, who ranks for what, also important because people say, my rankings disappear when you did the migration. It's like, no. So you take like comprehensive rank analysis of everybody, store it away so that when the migration happens, you make sure that if they did have good rankings, that has happened on the main site as well when the 301s happen. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the migration plan a little bit. So what are the essential elements? Everyone's heard of redirect. Like, tell us like, what do you look at? What are the foundational things before you start so before you migrate a site, number one issue that I always see is take an extensive crawl of the original site. One of the biggest issues is people only look at what's in the main navigation. There's always hidden content on the website. I'm talking about patient forms, images, maybe even old blogs, things that the providers and patients were always using, but may not have told the new brand about or told the agency about. So always do a crawl and say, hey, here is all the pages I've found and Google will find on your website. Here's where we're going to move them to and have an actual A to B redirect map set up. Present that to the local brand. Say, if there's any pages that you still need, um, this is where everything's going. And if you don't see this old content on the new site, speak now or forever hold your peace. Or hold your peace, but they don't end up holding their peace, right? Okay, so... When you do finally get everything redirected, when do you know the results, the fruits of your labor? Like, do you get the new rankings in a week? How long does it usually take? Like, how patient should you tell people to be here? When you're doing a site migration, it depends on how big the old site was. Small sites, usually you'll see performance boost a lot quicker. Bigger sites, it can take longer. Google has said it can take up to a year for a site to fully migrate. And to find out, what you need to do is after you set up 301 redirects, and remember, 301 redirects on site migrations are a mandatory thing. Set up in Search Console a migration. You can go to Search Console, and, Google, and Alex will talk a lot about Google Search Console, and you can't sleep on it. 
you can set up a site migration there and tell Google, I am moving this site to this domain. It will scan your 301 redirects to make sure they're in place. And then once they validate that that's in place, it'll actually initiate. You're telling Google about your site migration and your rankings can happen a lot faster. And it will have a tracker in your uh, Google search console that says, hey, this site migration is still in progress. And that can take up to a year. And that's way when that disappears, you'll know that it's done. Sometimes it takes three months. Sometimes it can take a year. Again, depends on how big the old site was. I didn't know you could set it up in Search Console and you like actually tell it you're doing. I didn't know you could do all that. Search Console is awesome, man. Everybody is sleeping on it. Like you said, they're sleeping. And they're improving it every month. You know, they're adding new features all the time. They are. Thank you, Google, for realizing SEOs make the world go around. Jeez. John, we talked a lot about what happens on site. You briefly mentioned update your directories. Very important. I don't want people sleeping on that. Uh, go ahead and update the directories. Use something like Yak so you can do it at scale at volume. When new provider groups come in, you plug them in there. But don't forget, you've got to go into the Google profiles yourself. You can add services, directories. You need to update the names formally by or in partnership with and start translating names. But Using things like Yex for your directory updates and Podium or BirdEye for your review solicitation, much better than doing it manually. John, you know something we didn't talk about? This may not apply, but EHR CRMs, the way they track patients all the way through, do you ever encounter when like the provider groups, most of them that are being acquired are not using a CRM, I imagine. So there's no data. The Porto, right. It's the hub. It's the hub acquirer that's sophisticated. All right, so nothing to mention there. John, this was awesome. We talked about everything about what to do with the website, when they should be redirected or, or not. Any other final thoughts, hiccups, boo-boos, issues that you've seen that you want to warn everybody about these migration things with? Two things. Don't rush the process. I know you've set hard dates, but make sure you give yourself at least a week in your SEO, at least a week, to fully audit your new site and your migration plan. Um, it's plenty of cushion to get through a lot of the steps, but most importantly, most important step, always, always, always keep a backup of the old site. You never know when you're going to need to go pull some old data, old information, old images, text, whatever it may be. Always keep a backup handy of the old site. Yeah. And I think, you know, also important when you're going and acquiring new groups, like make it part of the contract is what will happen with the marketing so they know the steps. First, we will do these things. It will be a combination effort for a while and then eventually we'll migrate. Like don't throw marketing in our bus where we have to figure everything out and then like anger your new provider groups that you've just absorbed. Like start talking to them about it. marketing should be a foundational element of these acquisitions. So talk to the groups you're acquiring, please. John, thank you so much. This is, I don't know if it's your favorite thing anymore because you're doing so much of it. It's like the librarian that loves reading. I don't know, at some point, maybe you don't like reading, but thank you for sharing your knowledge. Hopefully websites come to us in better shape. And when these acquisitions happen, they're listening to you and we're making less boo-boos, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anytime you work with an SEO of any caliber, you're going to have a better experience with your websites. Yeah, buddy, especially one as good as you. John, it's been an honor. I learned so much from you every time. And thank you for joining us on Ignite. We can't wait to have you back. But for now, a lot of clients need you in a lot of ways. So thank you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignite. Interested in keeping up with the latest trends in healthcare marketing? Subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review. For more healthcare marketing tips, visit our blog at cardinaldigitalmarketing.com.